You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. So, special people, if you have a teen or young person that's up here in the choir right now, I want you to stand for me. If you have a young person sitting up here that helped us tonight, you're their parents, your guardian, I want you to stand. I think you guys owe them a round of applause. You can be seated. So I'm going to start by saying, parents, you should, your heart should be overflowing with what happened today. Whether they preached the message, just sang in the choir, whatever participation they did, not a one of them gave me grief when I asked. Not one. Every single one was, sure, yeah, okay, let's do it. I'm, re- I'm willing to do that. I all but nominated Carlos without really even asking him. I was like, so we need some preachers. Carlos, you're one. Who else wants to do it? And Carlos was just like, all right. So the attitude and the willingness of the young people is, is great. The group that we have, and not that any, any other group hasn't been great, but this group is, they got a heart for God. And as I mentioned to start, it's a big deal what they did tonight. It's a big deal that they're willing to stand up here and preach. They're willing to lead singing. I mean, how, if I asked any of you out here, I need you to come and give me a five-minute message, how many of you would get a lot shorter in your seat real fast? And they're, 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 they're kids, right? They're young people. And their willingness and readiness was, is evident and apparent. Never complained, never said no, always ready to go. So that's on you, parents. You know, Brother Heath gets them for an hour on Sunday morning. I get them for an hour on Wednesday night. You get them for all the other, what, 165 other hours or so-ish of the week. That's on you. So thank you to the parents for entrusting us for the couple hours a week to teach them. Thank you for entrusting them to come back to that youth room. And, I mean, be honest, you can walk by sometimes before church is out, and we're doing some weird stuff in there. There's balloons stacked up to the ceiling. There's marshmallows. I mean, there's... It gets crazy back there. We have a good time. Um, but I want to say to the parents, thank you for investing in them and training them. And that's what we're going to start about tonight. Um, I'm going to read a couple verses, then we're going to get to Deuteronomy, which I need to go there. Um, we're going to read Proverbs 22, 6. The Bible says, train up a child in a way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, a very familiar verse, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard that verse numerous times. And I just want to say the, the adults that are training, the parents that are training, it's, it's evident. There, are they perfect? No. Do they make mistakes? Yeah. Do we have to yell at them to quit talking sometimes and messing around in the back row of youth class? Uh-huh. We do. But they're kids. And if you remember, it wasn't that long ago for all of you. I mean, you could remember, it felt like yesterday, that was you. You were 15. It, it seems like it was just yesterday you were 15. I know. Same for me. And we were sitting there. And were we perfect? No. But you have instilled in them a heart for God. And that's what we want to do. And that's what Brother Heath and I want to reinforce on Wednesdays and Sundays. Is not to teach them something you aren't already doing. We want to reinforce in their minds what you're saying. And as what I want to do tonight is, is challenge you as parents or grandparents, or uncles, or aunts, or family friends that have influence in these teenagers, or the Patch kids that are sitting out here. Patch, you guys are going to be in, sitting up here before you know it. It's going to flash, and you're going to be singing, and you're going to be preaching. 
So parents and, and guardians and everyone that's involved, be cognizant of your influence. Be cognizant of how you deal with them and how you treat them and how you train them. We want to train them in the way that they should go. And it can be a daunting task. It can be a daunting task to raise kids, today especially. right? It gets harder and harder as, as the world and as Satan tries to pull their hearts away even harder and harder every year. When it, I mean, they can get to things that I couldn't get to 20 years ago, and some of us 30, 40 years ago would never even dreamed possible they have at their fingertips. The temptations are there. The, the devil wants to pull them and trip them up. He walks about like a roaring lion. And they are his target. The young people are his target audience. It can be tough and a daunting task to know you're responsible for when they pull away for the last time or the first time when they're 18-ish years old and they have the car loaded up, they put the car in reverse and they back out of that driveway on their way to college or on their way to wherever. They're leaving your home. They're no longer sleeping in the bed and they're in the bedroom of your basement or upstairs. They're leaving because they're an adult. They're going to start their life. And you can sit there and think, how is there, is there decision making? Is there wisdom there? Have I prepared them? Is their character strong enough? Do they have the integrity that to, to make it on their own? Do they know Jesus? Not in salvation, but do they know him as a person? Do they have a relationship with your God? As parents, as you know, people that influence these young people, do they know who God is personally? Not just church, not just, oh, it's what we do, but do they have a relationship with that person? That's on us, parents, to make sure that the, you've prepared them and trained them to that point. It's all about their heart. You've got to capture their heart. Work on their heart. Capture their heart. Capture their heart for God. So that when you're not there, God has their heart. You don't have to worry about that. They're going to make mistakes, just like you did. They're going to do things they shouldn't do, or they're going to choose the wrong way, just like you did. But if God has their heart, you can rest assured that the training you've done, they won't depart from that. If we can get their heart, we can keep them for God. And you see how many kids, when they graduate college if they, or graduate high school, they grow up in church, they, they don't come back. They don't have to, and their heart isn't there. They, they find something else, or they just find nothing. We want them to know that it's real. The Bible in uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The issues just being the boundaries of what is set up for them. Their heart is important and precious. And trust me, the world wants their heart. The world wants your kid's heart. Whether they're sitting up here or whether they're sitting on your lap right now or next to you, the world wants their heart desperately. Don't, don't let them want it more than you do. Don't let the word world fight for their heart more than you're willing to fight. And it can be difficult. Life is busy. Life is hard. Life is stressful. Life is tough. We have to do adult things. We have to pay the bills and sometimes things break. And it becomes second tier. It becomes the second thing, not the first thing, our kid's heart. But never, ever, ever let the world fight for their heart harder than you do. Okay, now we're going to go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. <clears throat> we're going to start here in verse number 1. 
The Bible says, now these are the commandments within, these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments with the, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither, thou, whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear, thy, fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and commandments which I have commanded thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore all Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that they may, that, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And here's where we're going to focus on these next few verses. And we've heard this before. Jesus said this, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on, it, and on thy gates. So, Obviously, the Lord's talking, Moses here is talking to the, the nation of Israel. They're about to enter the promised land. And God's saying, don't forget what I've done for you. I need you to teach your children and your sons and your sons' sons so that when you get to where I've prepared you for, the blessing land, the, the promised land, the milk and honey, the good, the place where we brought you all this time, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what I've done for you to get you to this point. And, and Moses is telling them, through God that this is it's important the word diligently is used to teach them diligently there's things that we as parents are expected to do and again parenting is tough right the more kids you get the harder it gets it and sometimes just that one can be tough but we have a responsibility as parents not just to make sure they're clothed and fed you know and have a bed to sleep in and are comfortable those are definitely our responsibilities but we have a responsibility to train them, to show them what you know, because the world's not going to do that. The world's not going to teach them about God. Their, their school's not going to teach them about God. The, their workplace is not going to teach them about God. That's on you, parents. That's our responsibility. And so we have to make sure that, verse 2, we're fearing God. We have that reverence. We fear the Lord. We have that reverence and respect for him and awe for him. And it has to be evident in our life. Because if you have a young person up here, they know when things aren't real, don't they? They know when we say one thing but do another. They can see right through that. If you remember when you were that age and your parents would tell you something and maybe they weren't being completely like, do what I say, not what I do. We see through those things. They see through those things. So parents, it's on us to have that fear of God to be that way in our life. Verse 5, to love him with all our heart, everything that we are. Like I said at the beginning, it's a big deal. I pulled that from the men's retreat. Brother Burton said it's a big deal over and over and much, much louder, more emphatically than I'm doing it right now because I don't want to blow the speakers out. But he was, man, it's a big deal, meaning that God should be a bigger deal than the Vikings having a bye week. So they aren't going to lose. That's a big deal. God should be bigger than that. 
God should be bigger than the, the thing that you're most excited about in your life, the thing that just riles you up, the thing that you cheer over, the thing that you sing with, the thing that you get excited for. God's bigger than that. He's a bigger deal than that. And parents, if, it's, if God's not as big of a deal for us, how, why do we expect for that to be a bigger deal for them? We can't. We have, it has to be on us first. It's our responsibility for it to be a big deal. <clears throat> Verse number six. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. The commandments that he just gave, loving the Lord thy God, making, being fearful of God in awe, that should be who we are. It should just, those words describe us. They're in our heart. They should be how we live our life. And we live, we live in a day and age where we come to church and we put on, you know, the nice clothes. We look the part. We're very nice. I say this in our couples class a lot of times, um, which most of them have younger kids. So, you know, we come to church, we drive in, and we, pull, we get out, and we walk in the front doors there, and our kids are the most well-behaved kids. We're basically floating like butterflies through the front door, husband and wife holding hands and love so much, and our kids are the best behaved, not knowing five minutes earlier, we were shouting at our kids, quit touching your brother, get your hands away from there, put get that out of your mouth, stop doing that, I'm going to kill these kids, they're your kids. Oh, is that just, that's just me, oh, okay, that's just, sorry, babe, we just, I just threw us under the bus there, that's just us, and then we walk in, everything's great. God expects who we are to be who we are, not be who we are at church and who we are at home. And that's hard. That doesn't come naturally. That doesn't come easily. That's something you have to work on as a Christian, as, an, as, a, as a Christian, parent, grandparent, uncle, anything. That's something you have to purpose in your heart to do, is to work on being what these words are, for them to be in your heart. And then God says we need to teach them diligently. And the word diligently there in verse number seven means intensely. The word actually means to prick or to pierce. So if you're teaching something in a point where you're piercing, how, how intense is that? That's how God says we're supposed to teach our kids God's commandments. Amen. is with an intensity that surpasses any album that comes out. That's the top ten album that teaches things in its words and its lyrics and its music. We're supposed to teach God's commandments more intensely than any of that. Because if we're going to fight against the world and Satan's advances, we have to. We have to pierce through their heart with the truth. And that's on you. That's on us to do that. Verse 7, again, this is just who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to talk about them at home. We're going to talk about it when we're out and about with them. We're supposed to talk about it at nap time or night time. We're supposed to talk about it in the morning. It's just supposed to be a way of life. The way God has taught us, the way this Bible says when you're reading it every day, our responsibilities is that's just, that's life. That's how it is. Yes, you have to work. Yes, you have to get groceries. Yes, you have to eat lunch and dinner and you have to do all those things. But your life is supposed to be fully enveloped with who God is, with his commandments. It's, it's not a suggestion. It's something that we're supposed to do. He even goes to the point where he says we're supposed to have it on our hands and if pastors, we talked about this months ago now, where we talked about the big old boxes, the phylacteries, right, on their forehead, and Jesus said, he called them Pharisees because they wanted to see how much bigger theirs were than everyone else's. But the point was is that God's word, who he is, is supposed to be frontlets of your eyes, what, your eyelids. You know, those have glasses. If you close your eyes, God is supposed to be there. He's supposed to be right, that's how close he's supposed to be to you. 
Is that he's supposed to be between your eyelids and your eyeball. That's how close God should be in your face because you've put him there, because you've allowed him to come there. He's supposed to be at the entrance of our life, the, go, the posts and the gates. He's supposed to be everywhere. And as parents, if we want to make sure that these young people, the things that they did tonight and the service that they did for God and how much God has been on their mind the last four weeks as we've been preparing, probably seen you, the, the guys that were preaching, probably seen them in their Bible more lately than they have in a long time, because that's how I get when I have to get up and preach. If we want that to be how they are in 20 years from now, when they're in their early 30s, late 20s, it's on us to be that way now. It's on us for God to be all over our life, for him to be 100% of everything we do. We're Christians. We're supposed to be different. Teach your children that God's word, church, what you do is, is your life. Not just this part of it, not just Sunday and Wednesday, but it is 100% of who you are. Because as it continues to go on in verse 10 through 13, it says, unless you forget, and you get there and you get where things are busy and, and good, and you forget what I did for you. You forget what I commanded you. Because then God says, I'm jealous, and I don't just let those things go. He gives us commandments. He expects us to follow them. So, as I wrap up here, parents especially, but anyone that has any influence over this group here or younger it's on us to make sure God is 100% of our life. It's our responsibility to train them up the way they should go. That's on our responsibility. So I challenge you, I challenge myself, to make sure that if you're starting to just, you know, drift a little bit in that area, rein it in. For their sake, for their sake, rein it in so that they see how God is real. It's not a religion, he's a person. We want them to see that. All right, I will pray, and uh, unless there's anything else that needs to be done, we'll, we'll be dismissed. So. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.